Welcome to Blunt Blowing Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Shanitria, and this is a podcast about all things cannabis and parenthood. Yep, I'm a mom. I got two kids. I'm 31 years old, and I got a man. We've been together for over eight years, and I decided I'm going to do a podcast And I'm just going to talk all about weed and being a mom. (laughs) So that's what I'm doing. Let's just get into it. Welcome to season two of Blunt Boy Mama podcast. My name is Tunisia. I'm 27 years old and I've been living in San Bernardino, California for my whole life, born and raised. My second question for you is, are you married? If so, for how long? How many kids do you have? What are their ages? I am not married. Um, I would say I'm in a committed relationship. I've been with my partner for five years, but we've known each other for 14 years. And we have two kids together. One is almost four years old and the other one is one year old. And then we also have a third baby on the way. I'm now 33 weeks pregnant. So that's happening. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) How does your partner feel about you using cannabis, smoking weed? I wouldn't say my partner feels any way about me using cannabis because ever since we've met each other, we both have always smoked. So that's always been the way we've bonded with each other, even as like beforehand when we were just friends. We used to smoke and hang out. And then once we got together, that's our thing. So he doesn't feel any way about me smoking. And what's your partner's role in you smoking weed? Do you guys like consume together? Do you have like edibles together or like smoke joints together? What does that look like? Yeah, we um, consume it together. It's kind of like I feel empty if I smoke without him. (laughs) So typically outside of my pregnancies, we are big blunt smokers, and when I am pregnant, we just switch to joints to make it more clean. But yeah, we've always smoked together. Like I said, it's like our bonding time, so it's pretty much our thing. What's like? What's that bonding time normally look like? Like, what do you guys like? Do you guys have like routines or rituals? Like, do or like what is that? Walk me through that. Well, now with kids, it's pretty much when they go to sleep, when they take a nap. That's the time we look forward to to roll up and smoke. And we like to listen to music or watch TV. But really, our like getaway once the kids smoke. Before we had kids, we used to like like hotbox the car and stuff and listen to music. And that was our vibe. But ever since we've had kids, it's just once they go to sleep, once they're napping, that's like the first thing we <laughs> we look forward to doing. Sounds very relatable. Sounds like what I do. It's like, oh, they're sleeping. Run, go get the bong. Right. (laughs) It's like the minute they go down, it's like, all right, come on, get the tray. Let's roll up. (laughs) Exactly. Tell me about how did you meet your partner and how did you tell them that you smoke weed? I met my partner in high school. In high school, we kind of just like, it was just a high and buy type of thing. Then after high school is when we became more connected and I used to sell weed and he would come and pick up weed from me. And so we would just smoke every now and then when he had time. And then, sorry, you said, how do we meet? And Mm -hmm. how did I, what was the other part? How'd you tell him about 
the fact that you smoke weed. Or like, oh. sometimes you tell guys, like, you're dating a person and you're like, oh, I smoke weed. And I think sometimes people think it's like a casual thing, but they don't know you about that life. So like, yeah. how did he kind of find out? <laughs> okay. I can't really remember, like, telling him that I smoke weed. I think it was just a knowing thing within our circle of friends. So it was never a, a thing of me having to be like, hey, I smoke weed just in case, like, you're concerned about it or anything. It was just like something that we knew about each other. And like I said, ever, even before we got together, that's kind of always been our relationship or the thing that connected us because I sold it and he picked up for me. So it was just a knowing thing. It wasn't nothing too major that I had to tell him about. That's kind of awesome. So I didn't know that about you. And I don't think I have anything in the questions about this. So I just want to side a quick caveat question. Um, <laughs> how did you like, how long did you sell weed? And, you know, like, what was that like for you? How old were you? Yeah, like, I just, I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Okay. If you don't mind. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I probably started selling weed. I don't know, sometime I I think like more so towards the end of high school, maybe 12th grade year, but definitely after I graduated, I would like dibble and dabble in it just because everybody around me smoked weed. So I think I just gave it a try one time. And then I also used to have a situationship, I would say, where he sold weed and he would like keep it with me. And so I always had it with me. So he would send all of his friends to come and pick up for me. And I would sell to people I knew out of like his stuff or whatever. But then like after that was over, I just kept it going. A little extra change. And plus I always had weed on me. So, but yeah. Entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, so tell me a little bit about your upbringing. My upbringing was very chill, very laid back, very, um, I would say nonchalant. My parents have always smoked weed as well, so I grew up around it. It was never like a big deal in our household. Like my parents were, or my house was like the house that people would go to to get away and hide from their wives and their, you know, like their family about the fact that they smoke weed. Like my house was a house you could come to and feel comforted in that and not judged. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess... It made life a lot easier being that my parents smoked weed my whole life. So that kind of made my upbringing just very laid back. Like my parents weren't really that hard on us, but not like super lax to where we could do whatever we want, but just, you know, very chill. They didn't really like trip on much or anything. And so I guess that's kind of a perfect segue into asking, you know, how was cannabis um, viewed in your home and your community and in personal relationships. So kind of like I just said, like it was, it wasn't really a big deal because my parents always did it. So I guess they kind of maybe expected us to start doing it as we got older, which is funny because me and my brother used to actually hate the smell of weed. Like back when it was stress and all the seeds and stems inside of it. And whenever my mom and dad would smoke in the car, like we hated it so much but then a few years later we ended up <laughs> smoking it ourselves it was never really viewed or like looked down upon by anybody except my grandma I would say my grandma was the only person who when she came over we were like oh gotta hide but then by the time I got old enough she died before I actually started smoking 
So I never really had to hide from her, but my dad, he would like put it away and not smoke when she came around and all that stuff. So she was the only person that we really faked the funk for, I guess. (laughs) Tell me about the first time you smoked weed. The first time I smoked weed, funny enough, I actually have no recollection (laughs) of it. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't recall the exact experience of the very first time. I could just think back to the first phase of when I was smoking, like when I just started smoking, which was probably when I was 13 or 14 years old, because I was in this high school called Middle College High School, and it's where I took college courses and high school courses at the same time. And so in the morning, I would take college courses and then before my high school courses started, we had like an hour, hour and a half break. And so I had a friend who was a senior and she had a car. And every day we would just go and either like go to somebody's house or go around the corner and we would smoke. So that was like the first phase of my life that I remember smoking a lot. But I honestly cannot remember my very first experience, which is weird. Were you hiding it from your like your siblings and your parents when you started smoking weed or did they know or were you like nervous? I I did hide it for a while. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I just thought like I would be in trouble or I was definitely way too young, obviously. And I remember the first time my mom found weed or or seen that I was high or something. How and old were you? Probably about 15, 16 in my teens and I just remember she walked in my room and was like are your eyes red but it was actually funny (laughs) wait maybe I'm getting two stories mixed up I do remember my mom walking in my room and saying that but then I remember another story of my dad asking me he was like are your eyes red or is it because I'm looking at you through my eyes and I just started cracking up because, like, what are the way for your dad to assume that you're high by saying, like, or am I confused because I'm high myself? Like, <laughs> so, like I said, even when they did find out that I smoked, it was never, I never got like reprimanded for it or in trouble about it. They just wanted me to be safe with it. Did they, did they ask you, like, where you got it from? Were they concerned about, like, you know, other stuff possibly being in what you're smoking or did they ever talk to you kind of about that? More so, they started to put two and two together and realized why their stash was lower than they <laughs> thought it was. Because <laughs> I used to take from my dad's stash all the time. So once he found out that I started smoking, um, that's when he kind of started to realize that I was like dibbling and dabbling in his stash. So he would start hiding it. And then I would just find his hiding spots and keep it going. But yeah, but yeah, they just kind of told me to be safe about it. They never like told me where I should get it from or whatever, but I think they just wanted me to like stay close to home while doing it instead of being like out and about and in, you know, unsafe or unfamiliar um, places while doing it. Right. And what were your impressions of weed after like your first few experiences with it? My first impression of weed was, I'm not sure. Like, I think my body was kind of immune to it just because I was around it, like lived, you know, my parents did it and I don't know, (laughs) but I never recalled feeling paranoid or like 
uncomfortable or whatever. I've just become more relaxed, more chill, more calm than I always was. So my first impression of weed, I would say, was, I don't know, it felt like it was just a part of like who I was, really. And who in your family and circle knows about you know, the fact that you choose to medicate with cannabis and that you smoke weed? As of now, everybody in my circle and my family knows that I smoke weed or come from a family that smokes weed. Back when I first started smoking, it was more of a thing I didn't want to talk about or tell people about or, you know, kind of walked on eggshells around certain people just because it wasn't like a big conversation back then. I think like nowadays, now that it's becoming illegal, I mean, legal and all that, like more people talk about it and it's more of a thing. But back when I first started smoking, I felt like it was more of a, like, I don't know. It was more of a thing that like, not everybody just comes out like, yeah, I'm high. So what? Like, yeah, I got some weed on me. So what? You know, it was something I kept to myself. But as of now, if you come over my house or if you know me in any sense, you pretty much know that I smoke weed. And tell me about your cannabis uh, consumption over the years. Like how often a day or a week do you smoke? How has it changed? Have the products that you use or the ways that you consume cannabis change at all? Like did you have an edible phase or did you dab or have you always only smoked blunts and joints or like how has it changed over the years? My usage of cannabis was always, (laughs) this sounds bad, but it was always like very heavy. I've always been the girl that like could keep going and going and smoke and smoke and smoke and never tap out. Um, So definitely like when I started and I hung around a lot of like my homeboys, so we would smoke blunts like all the time. And that's all I smoked pretty much up until the point where I got pregnant. And that's when I switched to joints, but I only did so during my first trimester of my first pregnancy because of nausea and it giving me an appetite because my original plan was like, oh, I have to stop smoking. I'm pregnant or whatever, which I tried to do that first trimester, but then I noticed that it was helping with my nausea and my appetite. So I started smoking just a couple hits of a joint to subside that. And then I took a break during my second trimester. And then by my third trimester, I picked back up again, just because the fears I had around not doing it in the first place kind of subsided. And and yeah, and so once I had the baby, I went back to smoking blunts. And then I got pregnant again, and it switched back to joints. So I've kind of been back and forth between the two. But every time I stopped smoking blunts, I realized how heavy and harsh they are on my body. So after this baby, I definitely don't want to transition back into that. And I want to continue to keep it as clean as possible. But to answer your question about how many times a day or a week, I pretty much smoke once a day. If not, I mean, like I'm always down for more. So I'm still the girl that could like keep going and going and going. But yeah, at least once a day. And I guess that's a perfect segue into talking about your pregnancy, your pregnancies. So could you tell me a little bit about your pregnancies? What uh, were they healthy pregnancies? Did you have any medical concerns? 
and how did you approach cannabis during each pregnancy? So yeah, all three of my pregnancies have been very healthy pregnancies. So the first one, like I said, I did stop smoking after my second trimester. And that was the only concern I had with that first pregnancy was that they were going to test my baby and that CPS might take my baby away if they found weed in the system and all that. That was like the only concern I ever had around smoking while pregnant. But then I started to hear that they only test moms who have certain type of insurance, like, you know, that being like Medi-Cal or what's the other one? I forgot. But um, so my only fear was that they would test the baby if there was weed in the system, it would get taken away from me and all that stuff. And then somebody told me that it was only done to people that had certain type of insurances. And at that time, I had a pretty good insurance. And so that's when I was like, well, I don't think I have nothing to worry about because I have good insurance. And even if they were to take my baby away, like they would come to my house and see that it's well taken care of. Like there's nothing to worry about. So I kind of just like let that fear go. And then so by my second pregnancy and by this third pregnancy, I just... I just did it. Like I didn't have no worries or no fears or no concerns around it. It's just something I feel comfortable doing. And then on top of that, my first son is like extremely smart and well-behaved and he sleeps great. So I never seen any like downside of how it affected him. So all the worries and the fears I had about that went out the window. And then I also had a home birth with my second. So I knew that CPS wasn't going to get involved or that any testing that I didn't want done wasn't going to happen behind my back. So I felt much more um, comfortable with my second pregnancy. And as far as this current pregnancy, how are you approaching um, cannabis? Like what are, how have you been uh consuming it uh like what have you what's been like your routines with this pregnancy um I still smoke pretty much every day I smoke joints um it's typically towards the end of the day after like I've gone to work I've come home I've dealt with the kids I've bathed them put them to bed and then once I kind of like wind down and have my alone time um I roll a joint and some nights I might just smoke half of it. Some nights I'll smoke the whole thing. Some nights Raphael is with me, my partner, or some nights he's gone. So it depends like whether I smoke half or the whole thing. It's if I'm with him or if I'm by myself. But um, yeah, I would say that with my second one, like I said, I had a home birth. And so I was kind of nervous about telling my midwife that I smoked when I first met her just because I didn't know like how it was viewed in the home birth community um but one day she came over for a prenatal visit and well we had both just got done smoking but I blamed it on him but she walked in and she was like oh it smells like cannabis in here and I was like yeah Raphael just got done smoking and um, and she didn't really say much about it. I, she made one comment, but I forgot what it was. And so she didn't really say much. And then she came over the next time and said something else about 
Oh, and that, that's when she um, mentioned um, CBD to me and asked if like I take any CBD and told me that she had it available for her mamas for like, you know, back pain and all that stuff. And I was like, no, I don't, I've never really like done CBD or whatever. And so by the third time she came back, I was like, being that you brought this topic up a couple times before, like, I was just wondering how you feel about, you know, pregnant moms that smoke. Um, because I obviously do, and that's something I plan to do in my labor. And she pretty much just told me that she honors whatever the mom feels comfortable doing, um, but that she doesn't really see any problem with it. So that was like kind of my okay um, to feel more comfortable with doing it while pregnant. And so this third pregnancy, I'm, you know, birthing with her again. So I've been much more like relaxed about it and not, um, I guess, like fully validated within it, knowing that my provider is okay with me doing it as well. Yeah, that's huge. That's amazing. Um, I love I love hearing that. <clears throat> so what were the days like leading up to the birth of your babies? You can talk about each one, one by one, if you want. Um, I can't remember with Royce, my first one. But I'm pretty sure it was just normal, um, like normal days. I would say with Royce, I know you said leading up too, but um, after I had Royce, he was in the NICU because of jaundice. Um, But it wasn't like the typical jaundice that babies get. It was the pathological kind where my blood type and his blood type didn't match or not match, but mixed together. So his body had a hard time fighting off my blood or whatever. So he went to the NICU for a week after he was born. And I remember like the day we got released from the hospital, the fact that we were coming home with no baby, like we just went home and we rolled a blunt and we smoked. And it was like my first blunt that I was able to smoke um, since I had stopped smoking over the pregnancy. And that's all I remember about his birth. But leading up to... Um, the birth of my second son, I remember those days, just a lot of nesting. I remember cleaning up and like creating my space. And it's funny because I had him at 38 weeks, which is like two weeks, um, you know, to the estimated due date. But for some reason, I was still like nesting really hard and setting up my birth space. And, um, And then we did our birth, um, not birth, pregnancy cast one morning when um, Raphael had got home from work. And that's when I started having contractions. So I labored the whole day, but it was like a normal day. I probably smoked a joint that day while I was in early labor. And then um, by the time I was actually in active labor, I remember trying to like spark the joint and smoke a little bit, but contractions were just coming too close together that I really didn't enjoy it at that moment. So um, I took a couple hits like before I had the baby. And after that, um, yeah, I didn't smoke again until a couple hours after having him. Yeah. So I guess we can kind of jump into the labor and delivery of, of both of your kids. And I mean, it sounds like you had two 
two separate labor and delivery experiences. And I would love to hear like, uh, you know, how, what made you decide to go the home birth route and um, like the, your, the labor and delivery of your first versus your second. And, and then hear a little bit about what you, I mean, obviously you can plan. This is how I want my labor and delivery to look. And like, whether that actually happens is, you know, as you know, yeah, it can or it can't. But yeah, I would just love to hear about your two past experiences and what you plan to do this time. So the labor and delivery of my first son was very much, um, you know, the typical hospital routine. I had went in um, about seven in the morning because my water was leaking. It didn't necessarily break. It was just like trickling every few hours. Um, and then I was in triage for hours on end. They finally decided to admit me. Um, but because I had been, or because my water had been broken for X amount of hours, according to them, um, they wanted to put me on Pitocin to speed things up. And so they did that. The Pitocin kicked my butt like so crazy. I thought, like the way those contractions felt, I was like, this is what it's supposed to feel like when I'm like nine centimeters. Like, this is crazy. And so um, because the Pitocin was kicking my butt, I was wanting an epidural. And mind you, like I wanted to do everything like more natural. So I wanted to labor at home as long as possible. I wanted the least amount of interventions, um, the whole nine yards. But I don't know why I ever even went to the hospital so early in the first place. And once I got there, it was just like you know, domino effect of all the interventions. So once they gave me the Pitocin, I was begging for an epidural. I was still only at like one centimeter. And um, they gave me an epidural by like three centimeters. And then, you know, those typically stall labor. So I was just kind of there for hours on end until it was time to push. And yeah, he came out and we were able to like be with him for probably about four hours until they checked his, um, I don't know exactly what test they took, but that's when they found out that our blood types were incompatible and that he had to go to the um, NICU because of the jaundice. Um, so once we were able to be discharged from the hospital, you know, we went home and like I said, we rolled up, we smoked a blunt, and we enjoyed coming home. Not that we enjoyed it, but it was kind of still nice to come home and have some us time without a baby, um, even though it was hard going up to the NICU two times a day to give him breast milk and all that stuff. We kind of still um, just took joy in those moments of being without a baby for the first week, which, again, I shouldn't be saying that because there's parents who you know, like have it much worse with their babies in the NICU, but that's just my personal experience. Um, so yeah. And then with my second one, um, as I said, we, I went into, well, like started early labor. I started feeling contractions when we were doing our belly cast, like as it was drying, I could literally feel the baby moving in such a way where it dislodged the belly cast off of my body. 
And um, I thought it was just the baby, like, not wanting that. Or I don't know. I just felt like he was like, get me out of here. Like, I don't want this belly cast on me because I was still only 38 weeks. And I was so sure that I was going to go towards my due date. Um, So I didn't really think of it as anything. So we took a shower, went to bed, woke up the next day, was still pretty normal. They would come, the contractions were coming like every 20 minutes or so throughout the day. So I just went and grabbed lunch, hung out. And then towards the evening is when I started to realize like, okay, I think I'm actually in labor. Um, And so I had my mom come pick up my son who he was like two and a half at the moment. Um, And then I just laid in the dark pretty much for hours and labored in bed. And um, as I mentioned, I tried to get up and smoke during that time. But at that point, my contractions were coming too close together where it didn't really feel good to me. And so, yeah, I laid back down and by midnight, they were coming five minutes apart. I called my midwife. She got there a couple hours. Um, well, like within the next hour after I called her, but it was a couple hours after they started coming um, five minutes apart. And yeah, within three hours after, like three hours after they were coming five minutes apart is when I had the baby. And then, um, Afterwards, we went to my room for like the postpartum part of it. So that's where I delivered my placenta. And shortly after that, I was, I had the chills and I was cold and nauseous and all the things that come like when you're having a baby. So, um, because I was so nauseous, I ended up smoking the wax pen, which I hardly use, but it was convenient at that time because I knew I'd wasn't going to handle a whole joint at the moment, but, um, I hit the wax pin to help ease my nausea and yeah, we went to sleep that morning and I'm pretty sure we woke up the next day and rolled a joint and continued on with life. So do you think that you, oh, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I, um, I was just going to say with this third baby, I'm still not sure exactly how I'm going to utilize cannabis Um, just because the experience I had last time, it didn't feel good in the moment, but maybe I I think I was smoking it like too late into my labor. So perhaps like I'll enjoy it earlier on, more early on in labor. Um, But, you know, you never know what's going to happen, how things are going to happen until you're in it. So I'll have to share that with the follow-up. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, so do you feel like you smoking weed during labor helped you at all? Like you said that you um, you smoked from a vape pen um, for nausea after giving birth. Do you feel like that helped at all? Like, did you feel any difference in like how you were feeling after you smoked or um, after you smoked weed or did you feel the same? Um, I mean, it definitely does help. That's, you know, that's obviously like why I thought to hit the pin when I was nauseous. But I think with both of my births, I still like, I just feel very relaxed and 
if you know me or people that know me in person, they know that I'm very even tempered. Like people wonder all the time, like, are you ever like mad or upset or like, you're always just so chill and calm and one temper. And that's just how I've always been. So I think the fact that I smoke throughout my pregnancy, um, that's what plays part in how I feel after my pregnancy, because it's like a constant in my life and like, obviously within my body. Um, so yeah, but I guess it, it does help me stay more calm and relaxed and not so, um, I don't know. I've never been much of an anxious person or, um, I mean, I don't know if emotions play a part of it, but you know how I'm like most moms after they have a baby, they're just like so emotional and crying and ecstatic, but I don't know if that plays a part in it. I think that's just part of the like euphoria you feel after having a baby. Um, but yeah, I would just say that. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm confusing myself. But yeah, it did help as far as the nausea. But I don't know if it helped as far as like my overall like feeling after having a baby, you know? Because I think that looks different on many different women. Like, yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I, I definitely, um, I, I hear, I get what you're saying. I was just kind of wondering, um, you know, would you ever try labor without cannabis or without smoking at all? Do you think that it would be more intense pain, or like, is it comparable to an epidural, or you know, like what? Oh, okay. So let me touch on that. Let me redo that one. And um, <laughs> okay. So I would say that um, cannabis does help during labor as far as like helping you feel more relaxed and um, not so tense within your body because, you know, when you, when you have tension in your body, that's actually what causes the pain. And when you feel pain, that's what causes the fear. And it's kind of like a fear, pain, tension cycle that occurs in um, late labor and birth with women. So, um, I think smoking either before or after, but like mostly before as you're laboring, um, it helps release that tension. And so you're able to kind of like lean into the feelings more. And I also think smoking, especially for me, it kind of brings me more in tune with things. Um, so yeah, but I definitely think it helps keep you relaxed. And that's a big thing when you're in labor, because like I said, that tension, it's going to cause more pain and the pain is going to cause fear. And it's like a a, a cycle. So um, I personally, when I was in labor, I never really used the word pain. And I try to like keep my mindset um, away from any type of fear. So um, yeah, I would say smoking definitely helps keep the mom more relaxed and not so anxious and paranoid. Um, yeah, that's what I would say for myself. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what was my next question? Um, but yeah, how did you feel in the moments after, you know, having your babies? I, I imagine a home birth is, you know, super relaxing and, who was there? Was it, was your partner there? And you said your midwife, like, how was that? Yeah. So, um, 
my home birth, I had, it was myself, my partner, my midwife, and she works alongside her husband. And then my mom was there. Um, And this is just a random funny story, actually. But I was looking back on the videos of when I was in labor and (laughs) I'm like laboring on the toilet and my partner is telling my mom that he's about to go roll them a joint. And I, I just kept watching the video. It's like 20 minutes long. And he never left that bathroom to go roll that joint. I'm like, when did you think you were going to have time to roll a joint and smoke while I'm in labor and like contractions are coming five minutes apart. And so I just thought it was funny that they never got around to that. But, um, but yeah, um, sorry, I get off track and I lose my train of thought. But you asked who was there and you asked um, how I felt after birth. So after birth, I would say I felt very powerful and accomplished. Um, It's funny seeing women like how they experience their emotions after birth. Some of them are very like emotional and can't stop crying. Some of them are very like, what just happened? I don't know what's going on. It kind of takes a while to adjust, but for me, um, and I know a lot of people might have seen my birth video, I didn't necessarily cry like crazy after birth, and um, a lot of people didn't see, but it took about 10 minutes afterwards for it to finally hit me, and part of that being because we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. So once we found out it was a boy, that's when I really started crying like crazy. Like, I can't believe I have another boy. Oh my goodness. And it was just, you know, that euphoric type of crying that women experience after birth. Um, but it felt really good to go right straight into my bed, chill out, relax. Um, my midwife didn't do anything or touch the baby until about two hours afterwards. Um, That's when he had his newborn exam. And then it was kind of like right back into our arms and we all took a nap and slept for a while and woke up the next morning, um, you know, and back to our normal routine. But it felt really good just to not have to go anywhere or do anything or pack any bags have people come in and check on you 8,000 times while you're trying to rest after having a baby. Um, yeah, so I felt way better after birth with my home birth than I did in the hospital. And what um, made you decide to go the home birth route? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, I decided to do a home birth because, as I mentioned, with my first labor and delivery, I definitely wanted to do things all natural, um, but it's very easy to let that go out the window when you don't have somebody who's like advocating for you and supporting you through that. Um, So because I didn't get that experience with my first one, by the time I had my second one, there were a few friends around me who had just had home births that prior year. And it was kind of just a thing that I realized, wow, I could do this too. Um, for some reason, women of color tend to think that home births aren't for them or that, you know, they're too expensive. We can't afford them. It's like all these excuses of why it can't be for us. But 
because I've seen a couple of my friends have a home birth um, the year before. It just really inspired me and um, made me feel like I could do that too. So I kind of just ran with it. I'm like, you know, it's time to be bold and step into your power and make big decisions and big choices. And um, yeah, I just did not want another experience like I had with my first son. Not that it was traumatic or anything outside of the normal hospital experience, but I just feel like women are so powerful and our bodies are literally meant to create and make and grow and birth babies. And for some reason, we give all that trust up when it comes time to birthing them. So I just really wanted to step into, <clears throat> sorry, I just really wanted to step into my own power and um, really just experience what it's like to birth your own baby without, you know, a bunch of strangers around assisting. So, but yeah, it was um, my decision to finally go through with the home birth was definitely based off of the inspiration I had of others around me. And do you find that like birthing at home made it easier for you to consume, you know, to smoke weed or consume cannabis in whichever way you want it, like during your birth and labor, it gave you that kind of independence it sounds like the two kind of almost go hand in hand like it makes sense if you can do a home birth and you do and you do smoke weed to just do it yeah definitely um I'm pretty sure if I was to do another hospital birth I would feel paranoid all over again about whether they're testing me or not or what they're doing behind my back like not everything is consented with um you know hospitals and so with home births, I, I just feel more in charge. And I know that like everything that's happening is because it's my decision to do so. Um, and then just also having the one person who you're actually building a relationship with. As far as like my midwife, you know, with the doctors, you go to your prenatal appointments and they're only like 15 minutes long. Um, you don't really get to know them much. They don't really get to know you much. And then you go to have your baby and it could be a whole completely different doctor that births, that delivers your baby. Um, so I feel like having that one person who I'm building this trust with was much more comforting and asking her like, Hey, how do you feel about me smoking? You know, I would never probably ask a OBGYN like, Hey, how do you feel about smoking? Because they're either a not going to give me their honest opinion or B going to give me what their, um, you know, like what the book tells them to tell me or whatever. So, um, I like the trust aspect and the openness and the communication that comes along with a midwife and a home birth and all that. So I felt much more safe asking my midwife how she feels about it. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And um, that leads me to my next question, which um, I think you, you kind of touched on it already, but if, you, if there's anything else you want to expand on, um, how long did you wait before resuming um, smoking weed after giving birth both times? And then, and then we can kind of just segue from that into how you fed your babies? Did you breastfeed formula, a mix? Did you pump 
And did you ever consider, you know, would we harm the baby via, you know, because you were breastfeeding? Okay, so um, I did touch on how long after I had the baby that I started smoking again, which, you know, when I was in the hospital with my first birth, it was a couple of days because that's how long it takes for you to get discharged out of the hospital. Um, And with my first one, I breastfed him. I breastfed him for two years. So, yeah, (laughs) two years. And I never took a break for breastfeeding. I know a lot of moms um, are concerned about breastfeeding and smoking. And I'm like, obviously not a doctor. I don't have the best advice. But for me personally, it never affected my milk supply. I'm not sure if that's because my body has been so immune to it because I've been smoking for so long um, or whatever the case. But for me personally, it never affected me. So I breastfed my first son for two years. He was also on the bottle um, and formula on and off during those two years. And then with my second son, um, my like I said, I hit the pin a couple hours after birth with him. And then I'm pretty sure I was back to smoking joints um, the next day. And I also breastfed him. He's still breastfeeding. He's now a year old. Um, and he just started, I exclusively breastfed him for eight months. And then after that is when he started taking a bottle as well. Um and yeah, like I said, I've never noticed anything with my milk supply. Um, some women have said that they've smoked and it decreased their milk supply. Like I said, I'm not a doctor or, you know, one to give advice around that. But I personally just think it's based off of how much your body is immune to the cannabis. So if you didn't really smoke like that in the first place and then you start smoking postpartum, it could possibly affect your milk supply. Um, But again, I don't know. I just say do what, you know, if you feel comfortable doing it, do it. Um, Try it maybe just a little bit and see how it affects your breast milk. But for me, I've never had a problem with it. So were you ever concerned that it would harm the baby? I have never had any concerns about weed harming my babies. Um, And I I really like to pick people's mind about that because I become really curious about what stories have we actually heard about weed harming babies. I've personally never heard any stories about something happening to a baby because of the mom smoking weed. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I ask people all the time, like, what have you actually heard? Like, of course, when women drink alcohol during pregnancy, a baby could get, you know, uh, what's it called? Alcohol syndrome. I forgot the exact term. Um, but you know, like so much could happen. Um, but as far as like mom smoking weed, I've never... I've never heard any crazy stories. And so it trips me out that some people are like so concerned about what could happen to a baby um, if a mom smokes weed. And 
I personally have never been concerned at all. Like I said, my first son, he is so advanced, so smart, and he's been like that since the moment he was born. Um, my second son, he's smart as well. They both sleep amazing. So, yeah, I've never had concerns. And you're still breastfeeding now and you're pregnant. How does that work? Are you going to keep breastfeeding after you, are you going to breastfeed them both after you have your baby? I'm just curious. (laughs) I don't know. I'm still, (laughs) that's one thing I'm nervous about um, heading into postpartum is if I'm going to breastfeed both of my babies and do tandem nursing. I really don't know. It kind of stresses me out to think about it, but um, I mean, I'm willing to give it a try, but I'm also hoping that some type of magic happens and that my second son just wants to stop breastfeeding by the time the baby comes. But I have a feeling that as soon as my milk comes in some more that he's going to want more. (laughs) So I'll probably end up tandem nursing and seeing how that goes. Um, But if I don't like it, I definitely have no problem weaning my oldest since he'll be about a year and a half. Um, But I'm going to give it a try. Oh, girl. I'll send some <laughs> energy. That sounds so, ooh, Lord. But you got it, girl. <laughs> no, it does sound like a lot. And that's why I'm really nervous about it. Because, I mean, three kids, I feel like, is already throwing me over edge. Like, with motherhood, my first two were very easy. But I feel like this third one is going to be like, yeah, girl, this is what motherhood is all about. And so... Yeah, like I said, I'm willing to give it a try, but if it's not for me, I have no problem with like, oh, this is not working. Sorry, can't do it. That's going to be very hard for him. It is. <laughs> it is. I feel bad for that poor baby. He doesn't even know what's going to happen. <laughs> he doesn't even know what's coming, but Ooh, Oh my goodness, I feel for him. Oh man, I can see it. I can literally see it right now. It's going to be really. I know. I feel like he's going to be the one that's like because Royce, my oldest, he had no problem when we stopped breastfeeding. He's more independent. He's always done his own thing. But the oldest child is usually the most independent. The oldest, yeah, yeah. With Bentley, he's more of my like lover boy, my cuddle boy, like. He's more sensitive, so I I think he will have a hard time. Make space for all of them. Make room for all. I know it's going to be hard. It's only one you, but make sure he knows that, like, this baby is not taking me away from you. Like, I'm here for both of you guys, but, again, there's only one of me. (laughs) (laughs) And he needs it more. Or or, or, do you know if you're having a girl or a boy? A boy, yeah. Oh, yeah. A third boy. Oh, and it's going to be another boy. He's going to feel, he might feel away. Like, oh, so you got another son now? Like, I'm replacing. <laughs> I'm not good enough for you. I know. I'm not ready. I just think that's, I, I just heard that. And I was like, this is going to be so, I mean, it's going to be very interesting because um, that was always something I thought about when women are still breastfeeding and they're pregnant. I'm like, how do you manage? Like, do you, do you try to wean one off? Do you do tandem? Do you breastfeed them both? But it's like, wouldn't that be a lot on you? Yeah, um, because it's not yeah. like you have twins and you, you can hold them both the same because they're the same right. size. This is like an infant, like a newborn and a, almost a toddler. So it's like two different sizes, two different, you know, needs. Like needs. Two So I'm hoping that by the time the baby comes, that my toddler 
is more on a like one time a day basis or maybe just once at nighttime. I could do that. Like if you just want it before you go to bed, like we could work, make that work. But if you're going to want to nurse all day or whenever you see the baby nurse, like that's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I girl I'm gonna send lots of positive vibes your way because <laughs> you know he's his personality still developing so you don't really know like how he's gonna react yet you know he's not as old yet yeah. so it's just like you don't know which way it's gonna swing for him but he'll be fine he'll, yeah he's, he's old enough to eat food so he just needs to start eating more food he'll right, right. <laughs> um yeah, but that I just saw her. I'm just like I have to ask. Like this is just so interesting because so <laughs> like I just always wonder like what moms do because I would feel I would just have, I would feel the ur- yeah I would feel the urge to well for I would feel this is just total tangent but I would just feel like when am I getting my body back you know like exactly. I'm breastfeeding you for a year and a half and now I got this other one that I got to breastfeed for at least a year and so it's like that's two or three years straight of you just yeah. having humans on you <laughs> with Please no economy i am yeah, like yeah. When, when can i have my body back but yeah it's a gift and a curse i guess yeah, it's a blessing though because like who who's to complain about breastfeeding so many women you know can't for whatever reason and so to be able to do so is incredible like i gave you life and now i'm sustaining you you know yeah. with, with my body like i'm doing everything that my body is supposed to do to take care yeah. of you which is a wonderful feeling. Yeah. So I'm glad I don't have to buy a bunch of formula. (laughs) And it's free 99 and it's a hundred percent organic. So right. 100% organic. And I, I always tell people travel with your kids while they're babies, because it's the best. Like all you gotta do is pull out the boob and they're sleeping instantly before the plane takes off. Like it's amazing. So (laughs) I always, and you know, people always, babies are crying. I'm like, are you kidding? I take my son everywhere. All I got to do is give him the boob and he is content. Like, yes. there's no problem with babies. Like, mm-hmm. it's the older ones that's the problem because you can't right. satisfy them that easily. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to say. Exactly. They talk back. They have opinions. It's a lot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, girl, I, I'm going to send all the vibes to you because that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. Thank you, thank you. And when that milk comes in, I can just see it. it's gonna be more. He's gonna be excited. He's gonna be like, "Oh, I more!" Know, of me? I'm, like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, this let down different." <laughs> yeah, like what that? What that? I hit different. Okay, little bro, I see what you're doing. <laughs> um, it, it, I, I sure, I'm sure that it'll all definitely um, work out. You and your your partner, y'all just gotta work together. Yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work. So indeed. Um, okay, so where were we? Um, did you ever experience any um postpartum anxiety, OCD, depression, or PTSD? Um, no, I've never experienced any postpartum anxiety or depression. Um, I would say baby blues, like within the first week or two, the little baby blues um I did experience with my second son because I felt like I was just in my bed all day with the baby and I wasn't able to give my oldest, you know, the time and intention that I usually do, even though his papa was home and doing that. But I don't know, you know, hormones just have you crying just to cry. So um, a little bit of baby blues, but 
as I mentioned earlier, I've never been that much of an anxious type of person and I'm very even tempered. So um, feelings of like depression or anxiety hardly cross me. Um, so no, I haven't. That's good. And what were, um, and did you ever have CPS involved in your family due to reports of cannabis use? No, I never had CPS involved. I was nervous about it with my first son, as I mentioned, um, but it never happened. Um, I did have a friend who, my best friend, who um, she said that it happened to her. And I hear that if it does happen, all they do is they don't, I heard that they, they don't take your baby like immediately they'll come to your house and like look it over and make sure that you're living in a safe and healthy environment. And that's pretty much that. So, um, but it's never personally happened to me. Well, you already touched on that. Uh, what do you tell your children about, you know, weed and cannabis? If you, um, I know your second is, he's a little too young, but your, your oldest is kind of, and inquisitive, inquisitive age and if they haven't started then what do you plan to tell them um so my son he's three years old almost four and when it comes to like how we speak about cannabis or like what we tell them I definitely want to keep it an open conversation like you said my son he's very inquisitive and wants to know a lot of things but because he's only three I try to keep it at a basic level. So um, his papa also grows cannabis. um, So he sees it and, you know, we tell him the basics, like this is a plant and this is how you feed plants. Like this is what they need. They need water. They need light. They need air, you know, like, so we keep it at that basic level instead of trying to ingrain his brain with, you know, something that he doesn't need to be comprehending at the moment. But I'm definitely open to having those open conversations with him as he grows older and keeping him educated about it. Um, But as far as like, you know, three-year-olds, they never want to go to sleep. And so if he went to go lay down for a nap and then he wakes up or not wakes up, but is coming out the room 8,000 times to ask us a million questions, sometimes he'll walk in on us smoking it and we just tell him that we're having alone time so he doesn't necessarily know the name of it or um he doesn't necessarily ask like what are you guys smoking he doesn't use the word smoking you know because we've never said oh mom and papa are smoking right now we've always called it alone time um and he basically just leaves it at that he doesn't really ask too many questions at this stage but as i said when he grows older um I just want to keep those conversations open and honest and not hide anything from him because I mean, really it's nothing to hide. It's just something you have to educate about. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not like taking it in with you. <laughs> Sorry. Give me one second. We're good. Okay. Um, so what advice do you have to other women, um, who are considering (laughs) using cannabis? My advice to other women would be 
if it feels right, do it. If it doesn't feel right to you, then don't do it. Um, you know, like, I don't think it's something to be ashamed of or try to hide or feel like you're a bad mom because you're doing it. Um, cannabis definitely does help with a lot of stuff, be it nausea, be it back pain, um, anxiety, depression, like it could help with so much. So if you're considering it, just give it a try. If you like it, you can keep doing it. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. So I just say if it feels right, go for it. What would you say to someone who thinks moms who use cannabis are bad moms? And what do you want people to know about moms who use cannabis? I feel like we're all just normal moms doing the best that we can. And doing the best that you can looks so different through so many different perspectives. So um, for one, I would tell someone, like, don't judge us because, again, we're just doing our best and cannabis is just a tool that we have in our toolbox. Like other moms might have other tools in their toolbox and we're not here to judge others. You know, like I think we just all need to come to an understanding that moms are literally just doing what we can to get by throughout our days into what we feel like is making us a better parent. Um, I don't think we're any different than moms who choose to have a glass of wine every day. Like that's pretty much the same thing, right? It's a tool that we're using that we feel like helps us stay more relaxed or more patient or keep our sanity when dealing with our kids. So, um, yeah, I would definitely just tell people to stop judging, stop worrying about other people. If you don't like it, don't mind it. Um, and yeah, we're just all normal moms doing the best that we can. And what has cannabis done for your life? Like, how has it helped you as a woman and as a mom? Um, I think cannabis has helped me like I said, just stay more of a patient person, more cool, calm, and collective how I am, um, more of an even-tempered type of person. Um, it's helped me be more aware and in tune with myself, as I've mentioned, especially, you know, because certain types of flowers get you thinking a little bit more. So when I smoke sativa, I kind of like tune into myself more and kind of um, able to hear my thoughts clearer, I would say. So it helps me be more in tune and aware. Um, and also more like empathetic, I would say, for like other people or like for my toddler and stuff. Because <laughs> like I said, once you get thinking and you have like, you're more relaxed, you're more patient, and then you start thinking, you're able to like step outside of your own perspective and like look into the perspective of your toddler or whoever else, you know, it could be somebody who's upset with you at the gas station or whatever the case, you know, but you're kind of able to like step aside and be like, Oh, they're feeling this way because this, this, and that. Whereas if I was antsy and impatient and, you know, wild up all the time, I wouldn't be able to tame my thoughts enough to um, step outside and look through somebody else's perspective. So yeah. Do you ever see yourself stopping uh, smoking weed at all? 
Um, to be honest, I mean, this could sound good or bad, but honestly, no. Like, I think because my parents have smoked, like, my whole life, and I've been smoking for so long, I really don't see when or why I would quit smoking. Um, and I, I honestly just look forward to the days when, um, my partner and I are like old as hell sitting on the front porch smoking and laughing and listening to music like we've always done. So not really. It's something I kind of want to hang on to. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, I think a lot of women will be able to will need to hear your story. I don't know if a lot of women are going to be able to relate. <laughs> so many women, oftentimes, I mean, I hate to say that that's been the case that I've heard, but a lot of women, um, when they look back at their birth and labor experiences, don't feel like they had any control over it. Um, and, you know, it's definitely the domino effect of this happened and this happened. And then some women just haven't had healthy pregnancies. So sometimes home birth is just not an option for them for whatever health reasons um, with them or the baby or both. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I definitely think that, you know, hearing those stories is important, too, because obviously that's life. But, you know, if you had an otherwise healthy pregnancy and then your birth went according to the way you wanted and, you know, and everything and you did it at home and especially you being, you know, a woman of color. So like women can look and be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, and it feels relatable in that way. Like, okay, it's possible. Why didn't I think to do that or that kind of moment? So I think it's really important to hear, you know, women share their stories, like their birth stories, and especially saying, like, I smoked weed, like, hell yes. (laughs) That's what I think we definitely need more of is, like, people are just, like, I think, like, even people who are like, yeah, I smoke weed, but it's still kind of like a worry or a concern or like, eh, I don't want to tell nobody or I don't talk about it. You know, like it's still some, well, that's something I didn't mention, but with my second pregnancy, I wasn't as open as um, I am this time around to where, like, I know a couple of times with my third pregnancy, I've, I've been on Instagram and have like hit the joint on Instagram. Whereas like with my second pregnancy, I would tell, you know, like fan it away, be like, I'm recording right now, like go away or don't show the smoke or whatever the case, you know? So I don't know what kind of switched, but I just like stopped caring, like smoking during pregnancy, smoking while breastfeeding, like that is something so many moms do. And it just needs to be talked about more. Um, and so I just stopped being worried about like trying to hide that fact of it. So yeah, this third pregnancy, you'll definitely catch me on Instagram live and I'll, you know, hit it without any care or roll up while I'm talking to my followers or whatever. But um, yeah, I think more moms just need to say like, fuck that. I smoke. So what? Who cares? You know, mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think that talking to moms who live in California, right? And talking to moms who live, I talked to a mom recently who lives in Indiana. I'm talking to moms soon who, like a mom who lives in Georgia. I'm talking to a mom who lives, in, you know, like who live in different states where cannabis is looked at totally different than here. I, I just, I wanted, I wanted to do the prohibition season because hearing California moms talk about 
you know, smoking weed is it's it's inspiring. It's something to aspire to, and it's refreshing, and it needs to be heard. But then, it's it's not the norm for like eighty mm-hmm. percent of the country. You know, yeah, that is true. <laughs> it's we're definitely in a bubble um, yeah. here, and hearing that side is something that needs to be heard too. But also, you you have to hear both sides, right? So, like, I love hearing your story because it gives women kind of like hope and lets them know that like it's possible and there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But then you know, there's the other side where it's just kind of like you know women do have to hide it because they could lose their jobs or they could lose their kids or, you know, like family members could call it cause issues or, you know, like different things. And so they do have to hide it. But if you're in a position and you live in a state um, where you can be open, then why not? You know, right. <laughs> if, if you're not going to lose your job over it and, you know, you're not going to lose your kid. And I'm more like, I wish y'all would find out and fire me. Please fire me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm going to see. Kidding, not kidding. <laughs> yeah, like, I will see. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, you know, I, I love, you know, women who are being open about their cannabis use. If they can, then they should, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really dope that you um, that you are open about it, and I love I love your birth story. So that's so dope. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> that you had a home birth and that you smoked at home. I'm like, that's what's up. Yeah, yes, <laughs> um, this um, is like completely random, but it was just like a random story I thought about um, how I was saying that my parents have smoked my whole life, and so I've been around them my whole life. My mom told me a story that when I was like three years old, so it's funny to think like around the age that my son is now, she said that one day she was breaking down um, her weed, about to roll a joint. And in her mind, she was thinking, where are my papers at? And obviously she didn't like speak it out loud or ask me, but me just being a toddler and picking up on what she was doing as she was thinking that to herself, I went and found her papers and brought them to her. Oh, <laughs> just like I was thinking it in my mind, like where are my papers? And here you come, bringing me my papers. I was like, that is crazy, <laughs> but yeah, that's how long that it's been a part of my life. And that's what makes it normal, though, you know? Yeah. So, like to me, it's such a like. But you're right. Like, not everybody grows up like that or has that story. So. I don't know. To me, it's such a like, yeah, weed is weed. Like, who cares? Like, I smoke it all the time, smoke it every day. Like, you know, not even my parents look at me sideways when I'm pregnant and smoking. Um, but not everybody has that to relate to. So actually, uh, you oh, so okay, sorry. I'm on Instagram and I'm looking at your um so you did have a home birth, but you did not mention it was a water birth. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> see, I'm just assuming stuff because my um I don't know I just assumed that you had seen my birth because it went viral no I have not <laughs> but yeah it was a home birth water birth how like what's that setup look like because you said you were laboring so you kind of knew it was coming did you did you set everything up beforehand or like how um, does that work well I personally set up my space so I hung up like the lights and my birth banner and like my Mandela blanket how I wanted it um but And like I said, I labored in my bedroom for most of the time. But once contractions started coming five minutes apart, 
for an hour. That's when my partner, he had just got home from work. And once he got home is when he started filling up the birth tub. So they leave everything at the house around 37 weeks when you're considered full term. They'll leave us with a kit of like the birth tub and all the stuff that's going to be needed before and after birth. And so once you get into active labor or when you're ready to get into the tub, you just have your partner or whoever's there to assist you blow up the tub and fill it with water. And, um, and yeah, so we filled it up and my midwife and her husband showed up not too long afterwards. And they just made sure that the water was at the right temperature. And then I gave birth. Like I said, we got out of the tub and went to my bedroom to deliver the placenta. And we were in the bedroom for the next few hours for um, her to do the newborn exam. And during that time, my midwife's husband was out there cleaning up the whole space. Like when I left my bedroom the next day, my living room was spick and span, like cleaner than before I left it. So that was another pro to having a home birth. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just assumed that you would have to clean it up, like clean everything up yourself. Because oh, no, not even my partner. Like he didn't have to clean up an ounce of anything. That's incredible. That's now that's that makes it work well. <laughs> <laughs> I walked out and I was like, what? Like this is so clean. Like I didn't even remember having it this clean, but yeah, he cleans up everything and puts the tub away and all that stuff. So it was amazing. That's awesome. Okay, see now I'm seeing the video. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, it looks so relaxing. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Are you planning on doing that again for this birth? Yeah. Yep. Same spot, same midwife team. Mm-hmm. Same. Was everything. your midwife a, I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, it does you can see matter. her if you scroll down black. a little bit more. Um, no, she's white. If you scroll down a little bit more, you'll see. Um, oh, she's a white baby. Picture. Yeah. Yeah. She's white, and I originally was going to go with the midwife of color, but it's just something about my midwife. Like, I literally was going to put a a down payment on one midwife of color one week, and then that same week I came across my midwife, and something just, like, drew me to her. Um, She tends to work with women who have gone through, like, sexual abuse and trauma in their past, and that's something that was coming up during my pregnancy. And so I just felt like very attracted to her. What was her, what was her name? Lisa. What I'm, I'm curious, like, cause I know I get people asking me this and I can't answer for them. I've never had a midwife. I've never had an inkling to have a, have a midwife or a home birth. I'm very like type a person where mm-hmm. like I need to plan everything and I need all the precautions <laughs> on hand. <laughs> I need a staff. Like I came into the hospital and I was like, my name is Shnitria Epidural Anthony. Like I had a whole, <laughs> like, I was just like, I don't want no mistakes. Don't ever get it twisted. I want my epidural right now. And so I, everything was just like, you know, that's the kind of person I am. So, you, you know, definitely depends on the woman. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to see, it happen and see it be possible and see that it's something serene and something that a woman wants as well, I think is, you know, admirable. And you should all have, everybody should have a choice of like, 
having a home birth and seeing that as an option and also having a birth in a hospital or having a birth in a birthing center and just knowing that these are your options regardless of your income level or your race because mm-hmm. you know it shouldn't just be like okay well I'll go to the hospital like that shouldn't be the only choice mm-hmm. you should be able to kind of see yourself in each one of those yeah in each one of those settings and see yourself in a way where it's like okay well that's not for me because I don't have this amount of money or because I'm black you know like it should right. be an option regardless so I'm kind of curious as to how you found like you said that you saw that friends were um home birthing but like how did you find how did you find your midwife like how did how did that process go about because I know a lot of women are curious about like finding a midwife and making sure that you know she like like where do you what do you do you ask people do you check your insurance or like how does that go (laughs) Um, oh okay so the first midwife, the midwife of color, I said that I was going to go with, she was the midwife for one of my friends. So I knew of her because my friend had just given um, birth with her. So that was kind of like the only option I felt I had because she was the only one that I really knew of. I hadn't been the type to like go on Google and look for them yet. I was just like, oh, my friend had her. I'm going to go with her. Right. Um And I did consult with her and we connected as well. We had similar stories or whatever. But then at the same time, I had a friend who was pregnant as well. And she was one of the friends who she had a a birth the year before that I seen, you know, have a home birth or whatever. And then she was pregnant the next year at the same time I was pregnant. So she was looking for a midwife as well. And she was going to go with the midwife of color that I was um, going to go with. But that midwife wasn't going to be available for her due date. So she was available for my due date, but she wasn't available a couple months later for my friend's due date. So my friend was having to look for other midwives, right? And then, so I said it was the week that I was about to put the deposit down on the midwife of color And then my friend hit me up like, oh my gosh, I just found this midwife or came across her. You should read her website. Like, I think you'll really love her, blah, 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 blah. She's amazing. And she like told me some other details about like her midwifery care. And so I went to check out her website, read her bio. And that's when I like made the connection about the sexual abuse and trauma and all that. Um, Yeah. And then you just call and you consult with them. And if you guys connect, you connect. And if you don't, you could go and search for another one. But so that was how I came across mine. But if I was to tell a person who didn't know how to like search or find a midwife, they have. um, Well, these are specific for midwives of color, but they have um, a website called systemmidwife.com where you could find midwives of color around and then they have um an association called national um oh wait no sorry that's for doulas um i i'm drawing a blank i have pregnancy brain so bad but okay (laughs) um, basically yeah you could just google and kind of just search around or ask around you know ask friends who you've known who have had a midwife or just google like midwives in my area but Luckily for me, I didn't have to do all that work. So that's awesome. I, I'm I'm looking up this midwife and she looks awesome. I kind of want to talk to her. So you're so I think 
you said that she was cannabis, like pro cannabis, at least, you know, to you, she didn't ever reprimand you or like, yeah, no, she just, um, she kind of just kept it very simple. She said, I just honor whatever the mother um, desires. Like, obviously, if she felt it was unsafe, she would have spoke about the cons of it or whatever. But she just said, like, you know, if that's something you desire to do, I honor that. And that's how simple it was. That's awesome. I, lo- I love that. Oh, my gosh. I feel like that's so rare. You have no idea. I'm talking to, talking, I've spoken to dozens of, um, of moms and like that's just not the case usually unfortunately or they just keep it to themselves um you know out of fear Mm -hmm. even in california you know everywhere like there's that 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 fear is very real so i love i love hearing that that's really encouraging um okay cool so that's everything that i have for you that is the end of our conversation for real for real this time um Best of luck <laughs> to you, your birth and your delivery. Like, I hope everything goes well. And, um, you know, yeah, boy number three. Yeah. <laughs> Cry for me. <laughs> Total boy mom so power. <laughs> Hi, my name is Tanisha, and I'm a mom that smokes weed, and that doesn't make me a bad mom. That makes me a cool mom. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay. Let me Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Blunt Boy Mama podcast. This is season two. I am so happy to be bringing this to you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear next week's episode, which will be airing next Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> If you like what you're hearing, then you should definitely share this podcast with a friend, with a cousin, with a family member. (laughs) And if you really feel in it, you know, if you like it, then you should leave a review on it. (laughs) If you like it, then you should leave a review on it. (laughs) On Apple Podcasts, that is where you are able to rate and review this podcast. If you enjoy it, I would love that. Thank you in advance if you are which I know you are doing that. (laughs) Also follow Blunt Boy Mama on Instagram, follow Blunt Boy Mama on Twitter, follow BBM Clothing Line on Instagram, which is Blunt Boy Mama merch. That's where you can shop it, buy it, cop it, tag me in it, tag BBM Clothing Line in it and get featured on Blunt Boy Mama's page. Yeah, check it out. You guys are already loving it, but I love it too. So like, of course you guys are going to love it. I would not be giving y'all something that's like shit. It's not shit. It's the shit. It's dope. Some dope ass merch. So you should definitely check it out. And you can also like Blunt Boy Mama on Facebook. You can become a Blunt Boy Mama patron by clicking the link at the top of the page on bluntboymama.com backslash podcast. Y'all, you know I'm high. (laughs) And once you do that, you'll see a link at the top of the page. It says page that says click here to become a Blunt Boy Mama patron. And there you can sign up and for as little as $2 (laughs) and you can get up to three extra episodes of the podcast a month. You get shout outs here on the podcast. You will also get free merch. I mean, need I say more? You're able to communicate with me. 
directly. Come on. So it's really, it's a good deal. And at the end of the day, you know that you're supporting a Black woman's podcast, a Black mom's podcast. And it means the world to me to have the support of the patrons that I do have. Thank you so much, you guys. And I appreciate all of you guys' support and everything and all the love and all the messages. I read them all. So thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye.